Recorded live. Hello, this is Lisa with Charismatic Woman. We are doing our second call for Shadows and Light. Um, I'm going to make this one pretty informal. What I'd like to do is just sort of roll through the list of materials that have been sent out one at a time. I might hit some highlights from those materials that I think were important, but then we'll just kind of open it up for question and answer as we kind of go through these. And I'm trying to remember where we left off before our last call, and I think we had done the tools of the magic maker, but we hadn't yet done affirmation or incantation. Is that correct? Did you guys receive that after we talked last? Yes. Okay. Um, I, and I think the thing, and I, we may have talked about this a little bit. In fact, I think we did. The thing I just want to, I want to highlight about an incantation. We did talk about it because I remember Jeanette said she thought it was difficult. But what I want to highlight about incantation is that the effort that you put into creating it is actually sort of a container for the energy that that incantation holds. And I think about the incantation that um, the the fortune incantation that my grandmother used that went out in the email today. Like mm-hmm. that had been, that's been used by a lot of people. I mean, she herself used it for decades. And there's, there's sort of a shared community energy with some of those, some of those kinds of incantations. But when we create our own, we get, thank you for doing that, Janet. When we create our own, we're also infusing them with the energy of just the process or the effort it takes to create them. So I think an incantation is preferable where it's not too much work. Um, have you guys had any, any, how, I mean, you've created some incantations for yourself, I'm guessing by now. So I'm going to go around really quickly and see what your experiences have been with incantations so far and if you have any questions. I know, Anne, you just got caught up with all the material. Do you have, have you had any experiences with incantations yet? No, I actually haven't had a chance to create any yet, but I have been reading some books recently which tie into this, which are on the power of words. So I'm really looking forward to being able to use words to create energy, um, to create change. Cool. Excellent. Jackie, you? I haven't created any from scratch yet, no. Are you using any that you found someplace? I'm, I use the glamour that you sent, um, that you sent out, and I have one that I actually came from Sage Goddess, and I use it for um, my, mo- my morning ritual when I kind of open up my altar. Um, and that's Thanks. kind of, it's become, well, she sent it as a, as a written thing, and I loved it so much that I just, I learned it, basically. Um, so I use that one. But no, I haven't used any others. Okay, Janet. I know you you did an intent. You did one of your own, didn't you? You did. I did. I I I did a search. I I wanted to do something that really empowered the impact that I could have in the world um, through my work, and I couldn't find anything online that came remotely close. So I thought, well, take the bull by the horns and just write one. So yeah, I started one from. I did one from scratch, and um. It was so, wow, the process of writing it, because I wanted it, I know this sounds weird, but for me it really matters that it rhymes. It's got to have a rhyme and a, you know, it's got to scan at least remotely. It doesn't have to be perfect iambic pentameter or anything like that, but it's got to have some kind of rhythm to it for me. Um, There's something vibrational about that. 
so it took a it took quite a while to and lots of rubbing out <laughs> I, did it in my spell, I did it in my spell book in my in my grimoire but I did it in pencil and there's a lot of rubbing out so you can sort of see the traces of where it evolved and I it was so interesting I toyed with the idea of doing it on scrap paper and I felt like that wasn't right and it's that sense of a container for the energy um, that book is already I haven't done much in it yet because it's been such a short time but already it's got some kind of magical power contained within it that meant that mm-hmm. as I was creating the incantation I wanted to do it in pencil so that I could rub it out without having lots of scribbling out on the page um, so yeah the process of creating it from scratch was it was kind of scary because I wasn't sure if I could pull it off um, but when I got it finished I, I was like yeah that that resonated for me and I, doing it from scratch really helped in terms of feeling like it's mine <laughs> like it's got right. a really personal touch got some clean energy I agree I mean Jeanette said that they still feel corny and I think I get, get that I mean I really do and some of them really are corny actually I mean we touched on this in the thing that I sent out the reason that they came out initially as rhymes is much the reason like you know a lot of things have been passed down in song like you know spirituals and things like that I mean they were passed down in rhymes so they would be easy to remember because it was hard to create a, a written record I mean it was likely to get you in a lot of trouble um but I think I mean and I will vacillate between uh, between affirmation and incantation but if an incantation comes, I like it better. And I mean, I just think there's, there is something about owning it when you do it yourself. Or again, the energy of using something that has the energy that lots and lots and lots of people have used before. So it's, it's really charged up with, a, with other intentions. So I think that's, that is also interesting. So I'm going to move on. This is, um, yeah, Embracing the Witchy Seductress. I think this may not require a tremendous amount of group discussion, but I think that we wouldn't be doing the whole concept of witchiness as justice if we didn't. And what I really wanted to highlight here is what has happened to the image of a witch over the course of time has been very intentional and very well done in an effort to make it appear frightening, ugly, or unappealing. And I really, really think that understanding that makes a difference. I mean, that sort of commercial image of the scary witch with the warts on her face and all of that, that that was not by accident. That was very much by design. When witches are, are typically, because it's so rooted in femininity, very very feminine, very sexual, very sensual women. And so I think that sidestepping that image of the scary, frightening witch can be a little bit challenging. I mean, it's built into our subconsciouses from the time we are born, I mean, as very small children. But it's just, I mean, really rooted in femininity. It is the exact opposite of that, which is why that was so well-crafted and scripted. So I don't think, I mean, I know that some people aren't really comfortable with a highly sexual energy of the witch, but I, I think that leaning into that deep, deep, deep femininity 
and the beauty of the connection between, you know, nature and femininity really sort of dispels the commercial or Christian-driven notion of the terribly frightening witch that we see commercialized all over the place. Any thoughts or questions about that? I'll go around the horn real quick. Anne? Uh, no, I liked everything that you said. Jackie. Yeah, here, yeah, here. Yeah. I I like I like this feeling, and um, yeah, the 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 depiction of um the usual witch, the Halloween witch, doesn't really ring for me at all. Um, my witch has always been far more um, <laughs> Medici esque than uh, than that kind of a crone. Yeah, Janet. I keep I keep muting my microphone because there's a bit of noise in the background. Um, yeah, it's been interesting for me because I totally grew up with the whole you know the the wicked witch kind of thing, and um, uh, I think from when I started watching Buffy the Vampire Slayer, <laughs> um, and the whole notion of that was turned on its head in a really mainstream. Well, kind of yes, maybe Buffy isn't mainstream, but there was a really powerful message there about the you know, witches are not evil, witches are not wicked. And even though I'd sort of come across that before, I think it was the fact that it came into the, it brought humour and um, a sense of, I don't know, there was a kind of defiance about it that uh, that I really enjoyed. And that was, I guess, the beginning of me feeling much more comfortable with embracing that for myself. And... um. I, you know, I, um, I, I'm aware of things shifting all the time. I'm aware of it as an ongoing process. That sort of finding my own way there and celebrating the part of my ancestry that's linked to um, powerful women. And yeah, it's just it's just an ever an ever increasing expansion, I guess. It's kind of an undoing or remembering. Yeah. Um, yeah. Exactly. So, and I will, I want to actually talk about what Jeanette's talking about in chat, but I'm going to step that back kind of to the end. In fact, we talk about this, there is, there's a module that comes out on the issue of sex and power, like reserving that power or maintaining that power by abstaining, we'll get to that. Um, I do want to say, I mean, for anybody who's listening and you haven't practiced the glamour, the glamour works. And, mm-hmm. and it, there's a cumulative effect to the glamour. I mean, the first day on the glamour is so-so. The 21st day on the glamour, you know that something's going on. I mean, probably by the third day of the glamour, you know something's going on. And so if you haven't used it, I mean, I highly suggest that you try it. And I would certainly give it more than one day. I mean, I've worked with that particular glamour on and off for a long time. And I can tell the difference like immediately. I mean, the on and off are pretty noticeable. So I highly, highly suggest that you give it a shot. If it doesn't resonate with you, there are a lot, a lot of, other glamours and stuff out there. That is just one that I know kind of has gone, it, it has surpassed, it's, it's been around for a long time. So, I mean, it's been in the books longer than the notion of glamour has been popularized by current media. So, I tend to give that some 
I tend to give that a little bit more credence. But I think that it it makes a difference. And I mean, Jackie said I could see the difference in the video I did for my launch. I can see the difference when I'm looking in the mirror doing glamour. Like I literally see my face soften. It yeah, it works. So okay, moving on. Any questions about glamours before I move on? I do want to say I am absolutely convinced that my face has become thinner since I started using that spell. <laughs> so I have no it, reason to, to, to put it down to anything other than that just the spell. <laughs> it, it works. So, yeah, okay. it does. The connection between the force of nature, so talking about being essentially severed. Um, well, you guys read that, and the word severed, particularly when we're talking about, you know, anything that leans into the occult always brings up kind of an if feeling. But, I mean, essential severing is a real thing that witches will talk about, like being separated from the connection to nature. And what I said in there, and I really mean, I think that there are a lot of women out there that find themselves out of sorts, out of out of, I don't know, just out of their element. They don't feel comfortable. They don't feel at peace with themselves and in their lives, and they certainly don't feel a connection to anything. They're not connected with their witchy selves, that's for sure. I think there are a lot of witches out there that don't recognize themselves because they are essentially severed. And we live, a lot of us, not all of us, but a lot of us, live in places where it feels very difficult or live lifestyles where it feels very difficult to maintain that connection to the natural world. But the rhythms of the natural world are so incredibly important. The actual sort of life force connection of nature is really, really important. And I think that it's, it's easy to think that not feeling right is natural when fixing it is just about as easy as reconnecting and staying reconnected to nature and the natural world. So, I mean, this one's probably fairly obvious. Um, but yeah, we'll go around the horn on this one. Anne, thoughts or questions? Um, no, can you hear me now? I think my phone cut out before. Um, all I can say is that, that as far as the nature is concerned, um, I've had this feeling recently a calling of going back to nature and the stronger the calling is the more I ignore it the more I feel those symptoms that you've outlined or those 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 reactions that you've outlined in the the things that you sent out earlier you know feeling disconnected from yourself feeling low energy um it's the power of nature is yeah it's something that I know I need to get back into And, I mean, I think that there are men would disagree, but I think much more important for women than it is for men. I mean, men really can live in a a mechanical world without experiencing the symptoms of that disconnect as opposed to women who experience them really, really quickly. So, yeah, I think it's a thing. Jackie, you? Um, I've never been much of a nature girl. Um, I don't do the camping and I don't do anything, but the trees around here, they speak to me and I've noticed and I think that that's part of, I mean, we have an oak tree here that has its own easement and it's 
700 and something years old and when I walk past it in the morning there is it is palpable the energy that it feeds the the, the city so yeah it's um it's been a learning thing for me um and definitely a reconnect yeah and I don't think that it has to be like when I mean I'm not I'm not that girl either by the way camping yeah. not my thing um but I mean, I've got I've got probably I mean, I've got those trees in my front yard. I mean, they live in my urban area. There's grass all the way around. I mean, there's just to get outside. And I mean, Jeanette said taking Lisa's advice to get outside every day makes such a huge difference for me. And yet I resist it, particularly when the weather's not great. But I mean, I've got grass and ground and dirt and trees right outside my door, and it's. A five minutes makes all the difference in my day. I mean, five minutes outside on the grass probably equates to 60 minutes of meditation for me. And that's a pretty minor investment in my day. And I'm with you. Like, I don't I don't see myself. We refer to them around here as granola girls or greener girls. Like, mm-hmm. I am not one of them. I don't have anything in my wardrobe from REI. But, mm-hmm. yeah, still still pretty important. Yeah, working with plants inside. And I think finding as many ways to bring it inside as possible is is really important. I mean, we all know it. I mean, we can imagine what Jeanette's house looks like. There's rocks and crystals everywhere. Animals would count. Um, You know, for me, it's seashells and things that I've collected from the ocean. But, yeah, bringing it in and finding as many ways as you can do that is really important. Janet, how about you? This is an interesting one for me because I think, well, two things. I think for a start, I've been somewhat limited in my definition of what counts as connection to nature. I've kind of had this idea that it only counts if I go to the lake or if I, you know, go out of my uh, suburban home patch uh, and go and you know walk in the rainforest or whatever. Not that we have rainforest nearby, but um, so I think that opening, de- redefining what counts as connection to nature and valuing it that way is going to be really useful to me, um, because there are days where doing those things is harder than others. And I certainly, I certainly think that I, you know, getting outside regardless of the weather is probably something I could um, work towards. You know, my I was thinking about my new identity as um, as totally engaged witch, and thinking about how if if you know if one of the things that she would do or that she would be a habit for her is to connect with nature more. Um, but I also think um, there are things that I already do that I haven't really been appreciating. So it's things like working in my greenhouse, you know, even just watering my plants. That's mm-hmm. there's definitely a sense of you know, when I water my, oh, you would have seen, should have seen me a week ago. Um, I have to say, this is really, really unusual for the climate. I mean, we're we're coming out out of, we've just come into, we're sort of in mid-spring at the moment. Um, and for us, this far south of the equator, that's still not very warm most of the time. So we wouldn't even be considering, like we just put in the tomato plants now, but my tomato plants are already having, they've got little tiny baby tomatoes on them. And I'm so thrilled about that. I'm so excited about. So there's this kind of awareness of the seasons and the weather and the temperature. I look at the thermometer in my greenhouse when I go in and I 
appreciate the this kind of malleable connection to nature that that mm-hmm. is possible. And I also, you know, when I sit at my desk looking out of my front window, watching the tree, there's a big tree just outside my window, a big oak tree, and watching it, watching the change of seasons expressed through that tree and the one across the road behind it, those sorts of things, are, I can activate them as being part of that connection with nature and I can add to it. Mm-hmm. So that feels really good instead of beating myself up and saying oh I haven't I didn't go and walk by the lake today so therefore I failed that's not helpful um, so I, I'm I'm liking the idea of you know communing with my seashells that's another way to do it all of those things feel really good yeah it's easier than you think I mean I have a woman yeah. who lives behind me and she lives over there she works over at the Capitol building and she works a lot and the capital is just like this giant marble jungle. I mean, it's all stone and rock and feels, I don't know, feels probably a lot like a prison. She's very, I mean, she's a witch through and through. And she will take her breaks outside leaning against, just leaning against a tree for a few minutes. I mean, just I just that, that act of like touching the tree, for three or four minutes, five minutes at the most, walking back in and going to the bathroom and going back to work is enough for her. I do think we make it too complicated. And for people like me and Jackie, who don't particularly want to go out and go for a half a day hike or a day hike, like mm-hmm. it, it doesn't have to be that. It just needs to be enough that we notice, I think Janet nailed it with watching the seasons change in the trees, that we connect, we ground, and we notice the cycles of nature. That's all you're looking for. And did I get you in this one? Did I skip you? Yes, yeah, she did. But I was just thinking when Janet was talking about the changing uh, seasons, when we lived in New Zealand, one of the things that I missed the most, and I think it's one of the things that affected me the most, was the fact that there didn't seem to be a season change. Coming back to Canada, there are definitely four seasons, and it makes it, it feels so much better. Yeah, I think I could do without the seasons. <laughs> I sometimes wonder about winter, but... uh. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Okay, next one. Blessing the Four Corners. Um, That's a fairly intense... I wouldn't say intense. It's a lengthy... It's a lengthy ritual. I think it's very worth doing. I mean, it depends on how many rooms you've got in your house. If you're going to do it, you probably want to do most of your energies or most of your rooms. Um, Altogether, you know, that particular ritual will take me about an hour probably. Um, The Blessing of Four Corners is really, really powerful. The last time I did Blessing the Four Corners was right after I lost my nanny. Lost is not the word right after I joyfully released my nanny to the universe. Um, mm-hmm. There had been a lot of energy in the house, and I wanted to kind of clear that and get rid of it. I found out later that two days after she was gone, um, she tried to come back. Um, she was. She decided that after, I mean, complicated story, but after all was said and done, she was going to move back in after she had moved out and just let me go through whatever legal process I needed to go through to evict her. I mean, we'd changed the locks. She wasn't getting back in. But her car broke down on the way, driving back to actually trying to move back in. 
And that's pretty typical of what I find with blessing the four corners. I mean, not only does it smooth the energy in the house, but it also keeps negative energies from crossing crossing onto the property or crossing through your door. Um, absolutely positively worth doing. I like to do blessing the four corners on a full moon. It just feels right to me, but I don't think that it has to be any particular time of the month. Um, and I think that it's, this one is one that I, it's one of the few ones that I kind of like to do in the day. I mean, a lot of this work I do at night, but I do blessing the four corners during the day. I mean, there's an element of walking around your property that makes it easier to do in the light. But I would say do it the way, whatever feels good, but definitely do this one. I mean, and if you haven't done it yet, this might be something that you would pencil in for the next full moon. Um, so any corner, any questions on blessing the four corners? Anne, let's start with you. Um, yeah, the question, do you do it, in the house, or is this for the entire property? I do each room individually, and then I do right. the house as a whole, and then I do the four corners of my property. Ah. Sounds so it like layers on fun. top of itself. Like you clean out and bless the energy in each room individually, clean out and bless the energy of the house itself, clean out and bless the energy of the property. I mean, not everybody's got property. And, I mean, it's very difficult for me to... My house is not square. It's anything but that square. So I have to do some visualizing there. But it, it's the power of it layering on top of one step on top of the other step on top of the other step that really helps. I mean, I have had people actually who live in apartment buildings who have ended up going ahead and blessing the entire building or the condo building as if it was theirs and then blessing the property and noticing that people inside the building experienced blessings. I mean, other people who lived there had things shift and turn around and improve for them also. So it seems like, I mean, there was notable evidence that the blessing had actually worked for everybody who was included in the space. Sounds good. I think I'll try it sometime between now and Halloween. Yeah, that would be good. That would be a good one. Jackie, how about you? Um, I haven't done it yet. I don't have a, a lot of crystals and things. I was just looking at the um, what's his name, the, the chat. But and I haven't done it because I, I kind of do a a clearing each whenever I do my cleaning because I always use my bells and mutter intentions under my breath. But it is something that I'm going to have that I've got scheduled to do for the for the full moon. Good. I do like to do it quarterly, or like I said, if something's shifted, like when mm-hmm. the nanny left, that was a good time. When something's gone on in the space that I want to clear, mm-hmm. I think that's a good time. And I mean, as far as crystals, I, I, that's kind of, it's nice to have, but if you don't have those things, don't let that hold. Just find a way to improvise and make it yours and move on. Okay. Um, Janet. This is an interesting one for me because I, um, <laughs> first of all, I was like, I don't have, I don't have the offering, and I don't have the sea salt. Uh, I don't have enough, and so first of all, I went to the supermarket and I picked up some sea salt. But the only sea salt I could find was the kind of big chunky rock kind of salt. So I'm like, okay, that's fine. And with the offerings, I was thinking, I'm going to have to go out and find. I've worked out that I would need 48. To, to cover all four corners of all the rooms and the house and the property. And I'm like, 
man, I've got to go and find 48 crystals. That's just going to be too much hard work. And then I went, oh, wait a minute, I can use coins. So I went to the bank and I got five cent pieces, which is our smallest coin in, here in Australia. Um, so, so the next challenge for me was I can't get to the corners of most of my rooms. So, so I was basically throwing coins behind pieces of furniture and then trying to discreetly put coins in the corners of rooms and wait because this wasn't something I felt I wanted to share with my husband and yet he's the sort of guy who would notice a five cent coin sitting in the corner of an otherwise empty bit of floor. So I'm like, I'm just going to put them there and assume that he's not going to see them <laughs> or where possible I'll tuck them under the skirting board or whatever. So I, I found myself getting a little tangled up in the technicalities of it, the sort of the you know the 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 nuts and bolts of it, um, but that was okay. I, I was kind of happy with that. Um, and then when I was doing it, I was using incense rather than a smudge stick because our smoke alarms are quite sensitive. Um, and it didn't occur to me until I was just having a conversation with Jeanette in chat about crystals, and I suddenly realised I learnt pranic healing a long time ago, and I have two really really powerful laser crystals in hindsight what would have been the most powerful way for me to do this would be to use pranic the same technique as I use on pranic healing um, basically mm -hmm. using a specific energy cleaning out the rooms and doing it in a way that protected me because I found by the end of it I was exhausted and I felt really drained and I knew that there was something off in the way that I did it there was something there was something around the muscles. My, my block of land that we live on is relatively big and <laughs> we've got an area between, there's one section between the house and, the, and the, the perimeter fence where there is a fence that runs between them that has no gate in it. So in order to do the whole perimeter, I had to start next to the fence, do the whole four around the perimeter to the other side of the fence and with the... Um, and then sort of work my way back around to put the offerings in place. It felt really physically draining because I was carrying the salt, I was carrying the coins, I was carrying, and you know, my. So it just felt really complicated. And I thought there's got to be a better, easier way to do this. So what was useful to me, it felt fantastic the next day. It was an incredibly useful learning experience. And I now feel much more uh, confident about creating a variation on it, doing an adaptation of it that suits me and suits this property and finding a way to do it that doesn't quite involve the the stuff that I found draining, if that makes sense. Yeah. No, I totally agree. I mean, mod modify, empower yourself to make it yours and then write it down. And then that's that. You know, you said mm. something earlier that you wrote in pencil, and I think I, I write all of mine in pencil because they change and evolve over time. But whatever is not working, then find a way to work around it and move on. And yeah. you'll, I mean, you're starting to get familiar enough with the energy of what you're looking for that you can substitute all the time. That's the best case scenario anyway. So, excellent. Thank you. I really love it. And I love that you, like I really liked that you gave us such a clear set of instructions so that it gave me a, a place to start and get some traction and through that to learn what I like and what I don't like and that was really important. Yes, and I literally do. I mean, I've said it before. I, I schedule this particular thing. I put it on my calendar at the day that the seasons change. 
so that I don't forget, I actually book it in because I think clearing out the old season's energy is pretty important. Um, okay, moving on. The next one was, oh boy, did I get some emails about this one. The less politically correct magical practice. Um, and you know what? I stand by it. So there. Um, <laughs> I just do. Like, I, and I, I don't, I, I really, that bit about the three times three or the 10 by 10 or whatever it is that whatever you put out is coming back to you and you've got to be really careful to which I say, yeah, no kidding. I mean, of course you need to be careful. But I don't have any issue at all with protection spells. I don't have any issue at all. I really don't. I mean, if somebody's sending it my way, I don't have any problem sending it back. It just, it it really doesn't faze me one bit. And I think that that is a fine, that is, that's something that everybody has to feel their way around for themselves. I mean, I'm not just going to throw bad energy at people because I just don't like them. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to, I don't know that you can really, but I mean, I'm not going to curse people. But in terms of spell work like this, I don't necessarily have a problem with it. And, I mean, when we talk about black magic, as it, in anything that manipulates somebody else, almost all magic is going to touch someone else in some way. And so by that standard, you don't live on an island. I mean, it doesn't work. So I think that the most important thing here is to remember that if you're working with energy and you're focusing it on other people, if they don't have it in their alignment, it's not going to stick anyway. It just isn't. And so you can't cause harm. I mean, from a, from a very witch-based belief, you can't cause harm where harm not due. If it's not in their vibration, it's not going to, not going to stick. So this is definitely one that you want to, you want to think through, not think through, you want to feel through what feels ethical, what feels okay, what would make you feel uncomfortable, what would make you feel squirmish. And I will say I've seen some revenge stuff go terribly, terribly wrong. Not all of it makes me feel comfortable. But I I don't think it has to be all rainbows and fairies and unicorns. I really don't. Um, Yeah. So let's, yeah, Anne, you, what do you think? I think it's like the person, you've got good energy, you've got bad, bad energy, and it's part of you. With witchcraft, this is women's power. So the women are regaining their power and their authority through this energy. When you're protecting yourself, that's, that's being powerful to you. And so I see absolutely no problem, nothing wrong with that whatsoever. It's when you turn it against someone maliciously, then you know it might be worth thinking twice about but if you're really fully stepping into your power, part of that power is protection, protection of yourself. So I think that's just a positive. Yeah, I agree. Jackie, thoughts? Yeah, pretty much the same. And really, I mean, none of us live in a bubble. There are very few of us who, who um, 
you know, want some kind of effect in our lives that doesn't affect somebody else. So, um, and yeah, intention overrides everything, always. So, it is a case of, I think, the more powerful we get, it's um, it's uh, one of those be careful where you point that thing, but, but at the same time, we can get just as powerful with LOA manifestation and, and affirmations and that kind of thing. So, yeah, I think the intention is what makes a difference. Yeah, agreed. Janet? Yeah, I, I, I'm totally on board with this. I, you know, it's basically it's just about boundaries. That's really all we're saying is protecting and maintaining our boundaries. The, the, one, the one thing that I sort of remember is, um, uh, and again, I learned this way, way back when I was doing pranic healing. Um, uh, one technique that I use when I do this kind of you know, protection work um, that I really like because I think it sort of it appeals to any gremlin voices that are sort of or, or maybe empathic voices that are kind of saying, oh, you know, if someone's being mean or being evil or whatever, they're only doing it because they're out of touch with their own higher selves, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So I can sort of, even when I'm in the at, at, at the receiving end of something sharp and pointy, there's a part of me that can kind of empathise with them. So one of the ways that I found helpful was to instead of instead of imagining the the, the whatever they've sent me going back to them, um, I I set an intention that it will be sent to universe. It will be redirected to the universe to transmogrify mm-hmm. it into into positive energy to be used elsewhere. So it's kind of it's out of my hands. So I'm not responsible for what happens to that energy if it bounces off me. I'm not sort of saying where it has to go. Well, I'm, I guess what I'm doing is I'm saying, universe, you take it. You do whatever you like with it. And I guess that's a way of letting myself off the hook for any feelings of, not guilt, well, maybe guilt, any feelings of, you know, that, that, that somehow it's tainted with revenge or something. And it's a purely personal thing. I would never say somebody else has to do it that way, but it it helped me to get on board with, the idea of letting that energy get deflected. Right. I can see that and I get that. I think where I get that, I don't know, relief or release is the fact that I know it can't stick if it's not there in the first place. If somebody harmed me and I perceived their intent as to doing me harm when there when it wasn't their intent at all, I mean there's there's nothing to send back because it's all in the intent. So but it really is very personal. I mean, again, love spells by a lot of measures would be considered black magic because it's intended to manipulate somebody. And I've seen love spells work really well where it was already in there somewhere and the spell just brought it out. But if if there is no vibrational alignment in the other party, it's, it's not going to happen. So, good. All right, moving on. And you guys are as far as today, money and magic. Um, I mean, I treaded on this lightly. I think that I will say it here. I mean, it would almost be a sacrilege. A lot of, I mean, there are money spells that I think have that have gone on that have been around for many, many years. But a real witch is never going to cast a money spell. She knows better. It's not about the dollars and cents ever. 
I mean, there are sort of jokes about people coming to witches asking them for money spells. I mean, it's just a money spell is not ever going to be the ticket, ever. So it's, it's almost a sacrilege to say that you're going to cast a money spell. Um, you're really looking for some sort of vibrational ticket that allows money to flow. And so the word for me, like I said in the thing today, is either affluent or fortune. Like I want to be fortunate or I want to feel affluent. I mean, beyond what's going to come in behind those things is money or no money. I mean, like I said, I honestly don't think my grandmother had any money at all. I mean, the woman did not have an income. She did, I don't know if she ever worked. I mean, she had two husbands who may have left her some money, but she, if if you'd looked at your bank, you would have thought she was completely destitute. And if you looked at her lifestyle, it was a totally different thing, which is why money is really, really the wrong focus. Like you can get, there are a million ways to get what you want that don't have anything to do with attracting dollars and cents. And so, I mean, I didn't hammer this as hard in the written materials as I would like to, because it's really, really difficult when you need money to grasp that money is not your ticket out. But it's not the ticket out. So a good witch would be looking to activate an alternate vibration, moving as far around or far away from actually wanting to attract money as possible. I mean, my friend, I think, had the right point when she was talking about why money spells don't work. I mean, money and its appropriate balance flows in and flows out. And when you're desperate for money, you can't stand the flowing out part. And so when you're working with this, I I strongly encourage you to avoid money spells and point this particular aspect of your practice someplace else that feels right to you. I mean, find the words or the essences of the feelings or the experiences that you're shooting for and be disciplined enough to refuse to allow yourself to use the word or the thought money. I mean, it would be nice, actually, if as an experiment, we could avoid using the money word altogether for a little while. I mean, a couple of weeks or a month. Because I'm guessing all of our prosperity vibes would go up in that respect. So, any questions about money spells? Let's go around the horn. Anne? No, it's it's totally in alignment with the law of attraction approach to money. So, looking at it as an energy that you're playing with as opposed to money that you're grab, grabbing for, I think is an incredible way of looking at it. Yeah, it makes a lot more sense. Jackie? Mm-hmm. Okay, I will admit that I was really looking forward to the money spells. Um, <laughs> because it's like, you know, I, I don't know, I just really was. And then your email really made me think. And um, what I have to work with being absolutely candid is um, the feeling that I am kind of deluding myself that I really want this trip and it's not about the money that's going to come in to get it. Or I really want um, a full house on this new program. It's not about the money that's coming in. Um, that's, that's where my, it's not a wobbly energy, but it kind of feels like, yeah, you just say that. 
I think you can get really close to money. You can you can get really really close to it. I mean, it's not money. What you're wanting to activate is wealth, or abundance, or prosperity, or affluence, or fortune. I mean, mm. you can say those things without saying I'm attracting dollars and cents into my life. I mean, dollars and cents have absolutely no energetic resonance to them. It's the thing beyond the thing. I mean, you can do the money spells. I think that there are do the money spells, but take out the word money and insert, like take out X and insert Y. And mm-hmm. by taking out the word money and forcing yourself to replace it with something, you get much more in touch with the essence of what you're really seeking. Yeah, that's that's something I I figured I would work. So yeah, I'll do that. Um, I'll actually send out. I mean, there's the fortune there's the fortune incantation, and there is actually a fortune ritual. But um, I will send out I will send out a couple other spells in this genre in in the abundance, prosperity, money, finances genre. As we live, I'll add a couple just so you've got those to play with. But I really think, I, I get what you're saying, and you're not far off. You're right on target. I'm just saying remove the word money and insert something else. Okay. I'm going back and looking at chat. I'm missing some stuff. Oh, what would the equivalent of a fortune spell be for relationships? could still be a fortune spell. I mean, I, I think that it could still, all of that, that incantation could almost bring in anything that you're looking for. Um, yeah, and for me, independence, freedom, and beauty, I think that's right on for me, actually, is what money is. Um, yeah, play with it and okay. come up with your ritual. Use that incantation or something like it in a ritual and see what flows. Hmm. Janet, did we get you on money spells? Not yet. I um I love I love I have to say when you mentioned earlier that we try and avoid using the word money for a month I was like oh my god that's such a cool idea <laughs> I really like that. Um, having said that I'm about to launch a pro- I'm starting tomorrow um, a program that I suspect I will have people talking to me about money so it will come up but I'm going to mentally. I'm part of my work with this, I think, is I'm going to make a commitment because I really like fortune. Uh, to me, affluent is a male is a male energy. I don't know why it just conjures up guys in Armani suits in high-rise steel and glass buildings, mm-hmm. which isn't so. Um, so, but fortune has a much more feminine energy to it, and um, we've just been talking in chat about whether our sort of you know the words that we use around money are maybe there is some way to help access those by looking at our different um, astrology charts so I'm going to have a play with my astrology chart and I'm going to look for the words that resonate for me that that where I get some insight I've got Libra Sun and Taurus rising so I already know that that for me the the elements that are a part of the money vibration, if you like, are things like comfort, which is Taurian, um, and uh, a sense of equilibrium, which is a Libran thing. Of it's not so, it's not security. That I, I totally agree with you, Lisa, because security immediately triggers the opposite. Um, mm-hmm. It's more to do with a sort of inner peace and an equilibrium that comes from 
just being able to trust that everything's provided for. Um, poise. Poise, yeah, something oh. like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm going to have some fun playing with that. But as an overarching word, I think what I'm going to try and do, I'll see how it plays out. Whenever somebody else uses the word money around me, I'm going to replace it in my head with the word fortune. So when my husband says, how much money do we have in the bank? I'm going to be thinking, you mean how much fortune do we have? <laughs> mm-hmm. No, I think it's a powerful practice. I really do. And I, I think, you know, I'm kind of half reading chat and not by trying to be distracted. But I mean, we are talking about finding the words that resonate with our values, that stick out with us. I think numerology or astrology probably has a lot of impact on it. I mean, for me, the word wealth is masculine, but affluence is feminine. I mean, we take into, we don't, we assume we know how words feel to us until we feel them out. Um, But finding our sweet spots here make a lot of difference. So, yeah. All right. Any other questions about anything before we, before we close for today? And yes, Jeanette, I think the the one about animals and animal spirits and familiars um, is not next time, but the one after that, we're going to do it. And yes, I have a new one. He is the cutest thing ever. Oh, God, he's killing me with cuteness right now. <laughs> Anyhow. All right. We are done for the day. Oh, so lazy. Okay. We can explore that sometime. I think that it does work. Yeah, we will do that. So, excellent. I will talk to you guys next week. Thank you. Great. Thank you, Lisa. Thanks, Lisa. Bye.